Welcome to Market Scale Education Technology. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and today I have the pleasure of having a conversation with the co-founder and creative director for Chibitronics, G. Chi. G, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you? I'm a little intimidated, to be honest. Oh. I'm not going to lie to you from the beginning. <laughs> Just let me talk a little bit about who you are before we talk about what you do. So you're the co-founder and creative director of Chibitronics. You're also a fellow at the Bertman Klein Center for Internet and Society at Harvard Law School. You have a degree in mechanical engineering for Columbia University and a master's and a PhD mm-hmm. in media arts and sciences from MIT. When do you sleep? Uh, I had problems with that at some point, but I'm working on that. Um, a good burnout will fix that really fast is what I've learned. <laughs> That's so absolutely mind-boggling to me. When I look back at all of the things I just described about you, it kind of fits together. It kind of makes sense. I get the feeling that you are someone who believes that science is a form of art. Tell me a little bit about how that thought process brought you to form Chibitronics. Um, sure. So you're right in that um, things may seem very disparate, but um there's connection there. And I guess one thing to kind of explain how this all happened is that it was very not planned and they didn't all happen at the same time. And so when I was um, younger, I was always obsessed with paper craft. Um, and it's something that I like to do for fun. But then um, I was also really interested in science and was in fact um, pre-med and did cancer research for a while in undergrad. Um, but I found that I really loved building things. And I found that the, the engineers, the mechanical engineers, got the um, access to the machine shop and they learned the kind of the science needed to build really complicated things. And that's kind of how I got drawn into that. Um, and then around uh, junior year, I met an artist at the time, still an artist. Her name is Aya Badir, and she's the um, CEO now of a company called Little Bits that makes these electronic uh, modules that you can snap together to build circuits. And she was kind of like my mentor role model, and she still is. Um, And she got me interested in electronics um, through the process of prototyping those little bits. And then um, as I was learning that, I also kind of got to see an artist and an engineer at the same time through someone like Aya. And she introduced me to uh, this place called the Media Lab, where I ended up going um, for grad school. Um, And there I met my advisor, Leah Beakley, who was also really interested in this blend of using um, art and craft materials to build technologies. And so you kind of have this wonderful blend of both the expressive side through the materials, but as well as kind of the investigative scientific engineering side um, that you kind of have to also grapple with if you want to build a working technological system. Um, And so for me, kind of how it came together is if you can harness the power of electrons, of, I guess, science in a broader sense, then you can build things, you can make things that you can't do otherwise. And that was really fun and really inspiring for me. Um, And how that kind of led to Chibitronics is that for me, my um, my passion is paper kind of from the beginning and it stayed that way. And I, um, through Leah, um, I experimented with uh, using craft materials like conductive fabrics, conductive paints, conductive tapes uh, to build circuits on paper. And the fun thing there is that 
when you're building electronics on paper, um, you know, I was making sensors, buttons, whatever. Um, I started out making things that were like square and circle because that's what buttons looked like in my head. But partway through the process, I realized, well, hey, if I'm making my own buttons and sensors, it could be any shape I want. It could be a flower or a building or I don't know, a shoe anything I wanted. And that kind of opened up the possibilities of what technology could look like. Um, and it made me realize like, wow, okay, you know, my paper, cra paper craft just like went a whole new level when I started adding sensors and lights and outputs and sound and all of this stuff. Um, I enjoyed it so much that I started teaching workshops. Um, I started working with artists. I started working with students and teachers. Um, and in that process, I started building my own tools to um, make this process um, even easier because, you know, the, the tools that I was using, they were all standard components. I wanted to make sure that anybody had access to these tools, not just, you know, researchers at MIT, but anybody. Um, and so I made sure I only got stuff that I could order off the Internet. Um, but those things are, you know, they're made for essentially robots to assemble. Um, they're not made for human hands. And so I started de designing tools that were more friendly for people. Um, and that's how kind of things like um, the circuit stickers, which started from a class project, actually, then kind of became a tool. And then how that turned into a company is a whole nother conversation. But it was kind of all of this is inspired by my hope that, you know, everyone can start expressing themselves and making art with technology, with engineering in, in a physical way. I'm going to make a very bold statement here. Okay. <laughs> when most engineers think about working in electronics, the first substrate or medium they think about is never going to be paper. Hmm. When you started to combine your passions okay. of paper and electronics, mm -hmm. did you have an Archimedes moment mm -hmm. that you had just discovered something? Hmm. You know, it really did feel like it felt like that. I have to think about this one a little bit. But you're right. There was a very, a very special summer, actually. It wasn't one moment. It was like drawn out over several weeks where I was in college at the time. And um, again, uh, through the introduction of Aya to Leah, I ended up doing an internship at the Media Lab at MIT uh, as an undergrad. And that was when Leah said, hey, gee, I know you like paper-based stuff. Can you make some sensors on paper? And I had actually never seen conductive paint before or conductive uh, fabrics. Uh, Aya had actually shown me how to use copper tape to prototype electronics, but it was more um, kind of a, a functional form. And once I got to work with Leah in, a, in the group called Hilo Tech at the time, it was about kind of the craft and the art. Um, and so when I had that kind of that moment, um, like you said, where I realized my sensors didn't have to look like squares or circles, it could look like anything. That was when it, like something clicked because I was actually a little stuck at first. I just made a bunch of sensors out of paper that like worked. But I was like, OK, well, what do I do with this? Um, and then I thought, well, you know, if I have paper uh, sensors on a, on a sheet, why don't I make a book? And then when I started thinking about the book, I was like, well, maybe each page can have a theme, like a flower or a space theme or like a skyline theme. Um, that's when I started kind of making my sensors and things into like a sailboat or a bumblebee or, I don't know, Mars. 
And that was just so fun. I mean, the process itself took maybe a couple months to build this book of, I think it was total seven, six or seven spreads, but I just loved it so much. I would, you know, get up early in the morning, work late into the morning again, go home to sleep a little, you know, come back and like keep making. And it was just, it was, it was so fun. I think it's still one of the best summers I've ever had. (laughs) And um, this was now, this is back in, 2009. <laughs> and so, so yeah, I, I think that moment was definitely there. And, and it's kind of inspired me to keep going and kind of sharing this with the world since that time. One of my favorite scientists of all time is Leonardo da Vinci. Now, most people think of him as an artist. Mm-hmm. And I look at the work that he did, and I see a scientist with the soul of an artist. And that sounds that you are cut from that same cloth. I do love the statement on the Chibitronics website that it mentions learning technology through arts and crafts. Mm-hmm. And as you scroll down the page, you see the reference mm-hmm. to STEAM in all caps. I have a teenage daughter who's in high school. STEM is incredibly important for me, but mm-hmm. I never thought to add art into that equation. That seems like it would be an increase of power of exponential degree. Absolutely. I mean, I think um, science, STEM, so science, technology, engineering, and math are all extremely important and powerful tools. Like these are the levers that extend your, you know, extend your reach, not just further than your fingertips, but like around the world. And and yes, that is very, very important. But creating something new, thinking about why it is that we create what we create, what are the impacts, um, you know, the, the inspiration, the, the energy that drives us, like, I think that's more in the realm of the arts. And for me, um, when I, in, in those kind of eureka moments, it was this feeling of like, holy crap, I created something that didn't exist before. I made something that I didn't think was possible and I'm surprising myself and I'm proud of that. And when I teach workshops, I see learners, you know, have their own light bulb moment um, where, you know, they build the circuit, it lights up for the first time. and They're like, wow, I did this. I surprised myself. And then in every workshop, we also have an art component. So they turn their light into a story by drawing around it and then they personalize it. It becomes something that didn't just work but um, reflects themselves, who they are, what what is um, unique to them, and when we when we do that in, in in our workshops, when we do this kind of artistic activity, there's no wrong answer, and that's both um, kind of comforting, but also it pushes people, right? Like I, in my opinion, we can go through the world kind of we are taught to follow rules and norms, but in the real world, it's very messy. The rules are often contradictory and there is no right answer. And often there's not even a right question. And in the realm of the arts um, and the humanities, uh, you know, in general, that's where we start to grapple with these. Um, and, and I think it's so important to, to be able to um, kind of navigate this complexity of no right answer um, that, you know, helps us become better citizens and build a better world because things are so unknown and changing so fast. And so I guess to bring it back to um, our tools and kind of the idea of STEAM, um, yeah, it's all about pairing these tools, these capabilities with meaning and imagination and inspiration 
um, and, and, and kind of higher levels of um, kind of connection with, with not just the tool themselves, but the community around us that make it meaningful and, and kind of powerful in a way. Um, I mean, that's kind of how I think about it. And, and kind of the reverse of that is if we teach only the tools, how to solve problems, we're not preparing our learners for the real world where nobody's going to tell you what the problem is and nobody's going to tell you when you found the right answer. And so, you know, a space in the humanities and the arts where it is about dialogue, where it is about creation and deciding for yourself what is right and what is good, that exercises that kind of capability to navigate an ambiguous world. One recent trend that I've seen in education throughout my children's um, school years that troubles me is the concept of teaching to the test because life is not an SAT. Don't get handed a Scantron when you go to work. Yeah. You need to be able to, to think and posit and process and weigh and compare. New technology sometimes can seem a little overwhelming for our teachers. This seems like a tool that touches a lot of key moments in a teacher's day-to-day. Tell me about the reception that you get from educators when they first see this and then at the end of the session, what kind of changes do you see their minds go through? So um, I'm very happy to report that thing. it's been very exciting. So kind of to explain a bit how it's designed, I decided to um, base all of the tools around materials and, and, and processes that we already understand and know. So for example, everything is about, you know, building on paper, drawing pictures, writing on paper with pens and pencils. The materials we use are we use conductive tape. So it feels like regular tape, but it's made out of metal. So you can build circuits with it instead of wires, instead of alligator clips. Um, and instead of breadboards, we're just using your notebook or a piece of cardboard and for the components, the, the electronic components that actually do things, we've created stickers. So these are LED lights or sensors or whatever that um, are on flexible circuit boards, but they have conductive glue in the back that allows them to make electrical connections. And all that means is that it looks and feels like a sticker, but when you stick it down onto the page and then you add power, it works like a regular circuit. So it has all of the electrical and functional properties of a regular circuit. Um, but it looks like stickers and tape and paper instead of wires and breadboards and like things that stick, stick out everywhere. Um, and by using these familiar materials like paper and tape um, and stickers, teachers kind of are like, okay, I know how to use paper. I know how to use tape. I can stick down stickers. Um, and, and I think that drawing upon skills and familiarity that they already have has made it so much more accessible because like people know how to get started. Um, and uh, to borrow a phrase from a, a friend and inspiration, uh, Jay Silver um, from a cool uh, uh, company called Makey Makey, he likes to create experiences that are closed started and open-ended. And the idea is that there is guidance in the beginning to help you have your early successes um, and feel confident or rather build confidence but then you leave it open-ended so that you can explore, follow your own curiosity, um, and, and do things and make things that are personal and meaningful to you. And that's kind of how we, um, how we structure our, our workshops, for example. Um, I, we did a lot of workshops for actually English language arts teachers. Um, and there was this one uh, teacher, her name is uh, Molly Adams, who had never built a circuit before. Um, and 
you know, there's a lot of like many educators who are new to these tools um, or electronics and even programming in general, there's, you know, hesitation at first, but then, um, you know, she built the circuit. We, we have these templates that kind of tell you where to put down the tape initially. It's a bit like coloring um, with, you know, coloring, a coloring book, but for circuitry, you just put down the tape and the stickers where the lines show you to, and then the light turns on. And then she actually said, you know, this moment was amazing. I didn't think I could do it, but it worked. And then it made me realize, holy crap, I can, I can get this. If I can get this, I can get other things, right? Like that initial early success is so important. And then afterwards, people just go off and do all sorts of things. Like um, Molly, for example, um, uh, did this amazing work where she would be, um, uh, she was an English teacher. And so she did this amazing uh, activity with her students where they were studying the great Gatsby and kind of learning about themes of, of good and evil, light and dark. Um, and they actually analyzed the book and then um, built projects using circuitry as well as kind of poetry and creative writing that analyzed the literature um, by creating things that were literally light and dark and interactive. And, and I mean, it's crazy because I'm coming at this thinking like, oh, this is a like an engineering or a science kit. But we see educators, um, art teachers, English teachers, math teachers, history teachers, like uh, teachers from all different fields use um, the tool, you know, Chibitronics electron uh, circuitry to um, express and, and build projects that are in their own domains. And like you said, tools that can be across many disciplines are, are those that are most powerful, right? And so I'd like to think of um, circuitry like we think of crayons. Anyone can use them um, and we can use them to express anything from drawing a picture or a map or writing a grocery list. It's, it's up to you what you do with the tool. Um, and I think that electronics and, and programming can be the same way. I've always felt that a majority of the human population are visual learners. You've expanded the concept of learning. Does that ever strike you? I mean, do you ever just have to take a moment to keep from being overwhelmed? Well, thank you for the very kind words. Um, I, you know, I'm really, really very happy and very excited to be where we are. And, and I'm curious what you mean by to expand the meaning of learning, but I, I do have some stories that might be interesting. I think maybe along these lines. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and by expanding the meaning of learning, I mean, traditional institutionalized education in the United States follows a very rote pattern. Yeah. It's it learn this basic of mm -hmm. math and then you learn multiplication and then it works into algebra, but it seems very linear. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you have brought in the artistic aspect of science that honestly has always been there, but it just doesn't get paid attention to. Mm -hmm. That is literally unlocking uh, the next level of how we as humans can perceive what information is in front of us. It's really, you've added an additional level of perspective that very few people probably ever even thought about utilizing before. Well, thank you. That is hugely kind words indeed. Um, and yeah, I guess my hope is that um, what I've unlocked is this idea that things that you create don't have to be static. They can be interactive. And um, I know it's a little bit cheesy, but I think of electricity as this like invisible power that moves at literally the speed of light that allows you to um, like 
make things glow, you know, without being burning hot and it makes things move without you having to touch them. And it allows you to communicate like not just, you know, across a room, but like across the earth. And so it is this really magical, almost Harry Potter type of power. And, and I think that as we um, share this with more teachers and learners and artists, designers, anybody, I think that really is a powerful um, tool and way of thinking and way of seeing possibilities that, that, I, that I feel really proud of and really excited by. Um, to, to, to get a little bit on a soapbox, um, I also think that technology in some ways, it's a bit its own ivory tower. And, you know, it, it's very easy to see um, almost like a producer versus consumer split between those who use technology and those who design and create it. And I believe that anybody can be a technology designer creator and they can create technologies from themselves. And I hope, I hope um, to kind of push that along too. And I, and I have a story um, along these lines that I think might be interesting for you, um, which is that um, a few years ago, we got an email from a, a woman. She was a grandmother who, who had gotten our, you know, our LED stickers. And she was like, hey, I, I have a question for you. I want to make a birthday card for my grandson. And I wanted to light it up using your stickers. And so, um, you know, I this is kind of how I'm laying it out. But I, I have a question on this part. And so I responded back and was like, oh, you just connect, you know, make sure you connect positive to positive, negative to negative, press on the sticker and it should be good. Um, and, and basically answered her question. Um, and then uh, a few weeks later, we get another email from her that's like, hey, so I figured it out um, and it was so cool. I ended up instead of making a card for my grandson, I hosted a birthday party for him and his friends. And then I taught them all how to make their own cards. And I was like, holy crap, that's amazing. Cause you know, talk about learning in all sorts of new contexts, but also like here's a grandmother teaching her grandson and his friends how to build circuits. And that just made me just super happy <laughs> to see that message. So, uh, you know, I think part of what really, really motivates, inspires me and many other educators that I work with is this idea that, you know, we can, we can make technology this superpower something that everyone can use and share. So I really do appreciate you taking the time today. This is just, I could talk to you for hours and I hope that I have an opportunity to have another conversation with you um, in the very near future. Today, I've had the pleasure of having a chat with G. Chi, the co-founder and creative director for Chibitronics. G, thank you so very much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me and I really enjoyed our chat too. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.